for the draw. And as the puck drops, the words that DC fans have been waiting to hear since 1974. The Washington Capitals are the 2018 Stanley Cup champions. It's not a dream. It's not a desert mirage. It's Lord Stanley. And he is coming to Washington. That call, John Walton on Caps Radio Network. I've probably heard it 20 times at this point, Alex, and it's still just as funny. It's not a mirage. It's real. You know. I love how his voice cracks. <laughs> yes. He's so excited his Washington. voice is cracking. Yes, D.C., they get their first major four sports uh, championship in 26 years. That's unbelievable. The Caps... First Stanley Cup in franchise history. We'll open the show with that. Alex Ovechkin, he won the Conn Smythe Trophy. Does that, what does that do for his legacy? And we'll also get into the NBA Finals. Speaking of legacy, LeBron James, sixth final law, six. He's a hack. <laughs> what is, where does that compare him to Le Jordan? Choke. Yeah, LeChoke. Uh, what does that mean for his legacy? And where could he go this offseason? Because he does have the ability to opt out of his deal. But as I said, we'll start in D.C. And I'm Tim Barblace with Alex Woodward. We are The Other Guys, episode 20. Is that real? 20? 20. And, 20 uh, more coming. Yeah, I was about to say, a big 20th milestone. And the Caps, they get their first Stanley Cup. Big milestone in their franchise. But... Alex Ovechkin, you know, he, he said in the open, won the uh, Conn Smythe Trophy for MVP of the playoffs. He led the Caps with 15 goals this postseason, go along with 12 assists. He also won his seventh league scoring title. I mean, what does this mean for his legacy? He's always been known as one of the best players, if not the best player of his generation, one of the greatest goal scorers. But, you know, that was always the knock on him because we are a society obsessed with championships. And Alex Ovechkin, he finally has the hardware. Now, it definitely, obviously, winning a championship adds to your legacy. I think his legacy is basically still the same, though. I mean, the knock was that they couldn't get it done, so now he's got the monkey off his back. But 600-plus goals, I mean, he's led the league in scoring how many years? He's, I think he's won the MVP three times. Uh, so he's got all the accolades. That's literally the only thing he needed to get to, you know, check that final box for his Hall of Fame, you know, credentials. Um now, a lot of people compare his legacy to Sidney Crosby yes. just because they're the greatest scorers of this generation of hockey. I think Alex Ovechkin is far and away be a better player than nope. Sidney Crosby. I mean, he's more physical. He uh, he's, he seems like a better teammate. Um, he's not a little bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I Fair mean, enough. Ovechkin is like your man's man hockey player, where Sidney Crosby is like, the like the millennial like pretty boy hockey player which is like the up and coming kind of generation where Ovechkin's kind of that old school russian toothless just muscular just ogre kind of player Ovechkin's the best man i mean watching that guy celebrate this weekend i, I mean was, I, that was one of the best things i've seen in sports i was right about to get into that and i'm sure they're still drunk i mean they won last thursday and the party is just continued the parade is tomorrow in D.C. And just the stuff. They've been doing keg stands at the Stanley Cup. Cup stands. Al yeah. Alex Ovechkin threw out the first pitch in the Nats game over the weekend. And there's a, a great Twitter picture of him just holding up the <laughs> cup. You know, he's, The game is in play. He, <laughs> yes. he held the cup up. Where no camera showed him because the 
ball was in play, he held that cup the entire inning. Yes. Just up, just waiting for somebody to acknowledge that and he's it. There. And it was crazy because obviously they clinched the series in Vegas. They handed Vegas four straight defeats after dropping game one. The Golden Knights had not lost four games in a row at all during their inaugural season. But after the game, you know, he's going through all the casinos with the cup. He's sleeping with the cup. I, dude, just... it looks like he had sex with the cup <laughs> in one of those pictures. I mean, he's, he had to be butt ass naked in that picture. You, see, you know what I'm talking about, yes, right? The one yes. where he's like shirtless with the blanket over top of his midsection yeah. and the cups right next to him it looks like him and the cup just got it on I, he needs to smoke a cigarette <laughs> i mean but that's what we love about with sports you know just the pure raw emotion that it gives not only fans but just the players you're talking about a grown-ass man alex ovechkin well into his 30s and you know i'm sure he has cried and just had every single amount of joy you know ever since he's won that championship to finally reach the pinnacle I mean this is a guy that hadn't advanced to a conference final in his career and getting past the Penguins and then winning the Stanley Cup I mean if I'm not mistaken they trailed in every single series in the uh, NHL playoffs and they clinched Every single series on the road, they tied an NHL playoff record with 10 road victories for the Caps. I mean, just an unbelievable run. And they've won the President's Trophies, and they've had every single accolade possible. But at least to me, and I've said full disclosure multiple times on this podcast, I'm not a huge hockey guy, but it seems to me, relative to recent years, this team's kind of flown under the radar. I don't know if that's just because of the constant uh, defeats in the playoffs and tough losses where it's just fans set their expectations as low as possible to not get crushed. But if you would have asked, I mean, yourself, you're a Caps fan. I mean, is did you think this team was going to get it done this year? Well, let me start with Ovechkin first because we were talking about how excited you were to see all the joy and everything. This is a guy that's been with his team since his rookie year. He's had the same workout regimen since his rookie year. He's had (laughs) the same pregame ritual since his rookie year. He eats those chicken parms from Mama Lucia's. And he's done that every before every single game since his rookie year. Now, he didn't leave the Capitals to go to the Penguins or one of the front runners because they beat him and he couldn't beat him. Kevin Durant. (laughs) Ovechkin stuck with his guys, and that's what made this win so special is because he finally, finally, after all the turmoil and all the controversy and Ovechkin can't get it done in the playoffs, all those headlines, he finally got to silence the critics. Now, talking about them, you know, their run to the Stanley Cup, it was amazing. I mean, they were a team this year. I don't think they were the most physically talented Capitals team I've seen. I mean, the the year that they lost to the Rangers in the uh, the second round, I thought that was one of the best teams I've ever seen for the Capitals, talent wise. But this year, I think they had the team. You know, by definition, you know, guy one guy goes to the penalty box. You guys have guys stepping up. You have role players like Lars Eller and uh, Devonte Smith Pelly coming in and having huge roles in in the Stanley Cup. Smith Pelly he had three goals in their final three wins, and he assisted Lars Eller who scored the game-winning goal in the final game. So those guys had huge roles. But, yeah, I mean, they started the first round down 0-2 against the Blue Jackets. That was when uh, Philip Grubauer was starting. And that's, again, back to the team aspect of it, where Braden Holpe took it like a man. I mean, he was there was no 
shade thrown towards Philip Grubauer or Barry Trotz. He took it on the chin. He's like, you know, we got to do what we can to win. If my number gets called, that's great. If not, it's Philip's job. Philip didn't get the job done. They went down 0-2. They ended up winning the next four games and advancing. Now the next round against uh, the Penguins, they were tied at two games apiece. And you usually think, all right, well, here we go. They're just going to blow this away. But then... They advanced. They, they beat them two times in a row. And then against the Lightning, which was the scariest series of them all, where they go up 2-0, and then they lose three straight. And you're like, oh, man. They're, they're just going to drop four straight. Here we go again. Choke. Hack. <laughs> Jerry Coleman. whatever you, However you want to put it. Uh, they were going to choke it away. But no. Not only did they close them out, they shut them out in back-to-back games. Now, that's just the run to the Stanley Cup. Game one, they got cheated on some penalties. And... I mean, it was still a high-scoring game. You score four goals in a game, you should win the game. But 6-4, to four, they ended up losing that. Game two is known as the save. Uh, game three, they just completely dominated on both sides. They were they were complaining about them like running up the Gross score, score. and yep. the Knights were like trying to fight them at the end. If my memory serves correctly, game, game one, one, the Knights scored an empty net goal with two seconds left. I mean, that, is that running up the score? Come on, man. I mean, the, the Capitals, they're known for choking. You can't take the foot off the pedal. And then game four, that was the best game of them all. It was very close. Uh, Caps ended up scoring two unanswered goals to win the game. Very exciting stuff. Um, I don't know when another DC team will win a championship. (laughs) It could be another 26 years. That's my entire lifespan right now is 26 years. So this is something special. I can't go to the parade tomorrow because other Caps fans in the building get to go. I'm not salty at all. (laughs) But it is what it is. I'm just happy. Honestly, I wish I was in Georgetown on Saturday because I don't think that celebration could be topped. I don't think the parade can top what they did Saturday. They were splashing around in a fountain in Georgetown on the water, like the waterfront hotel or whatever. They were walking the streets in Georgetown, just hoisting the cup up, high-fiving fans. Fans were getting as close as they want or can with the players. No one was getting pissed off. The dudes were hammered. They just were having a blast, man, and they didn't care who was around them. As long as you're a Caps fan, they're going to give you a hug. And we talked about this last week, and I just want to bring it up again. You know, look, there's plenty of people on the bandwagon, quote unquote, but just like I said earlier, this is what sports is about. This is DC's first championship in 26 years. Enjoy the ride. You know, you're saying who knows when another DC team could win. While that may be true, Live in the present. I mean, this is just an unbelievable moment for a city. I mean, winning a sports championship is really, really hard. If you're a sports fan, you're going to go through a million times more heartbreak than a championship win. And just seeing, it's just really cool. It reminds me of the Ravens in 2012. Just a community just uniting as one, just over a common thing, just seeing how packed downtown dc was for all the games and i'm sure the parade there's going to be countless videos and pictures of just you know i'll be mesmerized with all the people there and i hate to keep using sports cliches you know bob haney hates them but it, it just seems like they're a team of destiny and alex you mentioned was this the most talented caps team no but you know relating it back to the ravens the 2011 team where they had the Billy Cundiff miss, Lee Evans drop, was a far superior team than the 2012 team. It was just that 12 team was a team of destiny. It caught fire in the playoffs and never looked back, and that's much like the Caps. Absolutely. And uh, I think this this win, this championship win, really shows how great of a sports town D.C. can be because 
I was I was prepared to write a blog if they lost the Stanley yeah. Cup. DC is the new factory of sadness because Cleveland has won an NBA championship recently. They've had a team in the World Series in the past five years. So the Browns are sad. They've they're they're one in thirty one in their past two seasons, but that's one team out of their four. DC that all their teams have just been disappointing for how many years? Twenty six years at least. Uh, so yeah, I mean you saw all the people celebrating how excited they were. Nothing got defaced. Uh, no monuments were like taken down. Uh, we didn't go full on Philly and just start smashing windows <laughs> and flipping cars. It was a a very family friendly celebration, uh, both the night of the win and on Saturday when they were just going crazy in Georgetown and everything. It's really cool, man. And um, for you, I have a question for you because I did a show on 105.7 on Saturday, as you know. Yeah. And I asked the listener base because here in Baltimore, a lot of people they say screw anything DC sports, screw I, the I'm Capitals. I'm glad you're gonna ask this. Screw the Capitals. I don't care about anything from DC. One, Baltimore doesn't have a hockey team, so if you enjoy hockey, what are you? I mean, who are you supposed to root for? You just pick a name out of the hat, or you pick the team that's closest to you. Logically, you just take the team that's closest to you. Who cares that they're from, from DC? I know you don't have a Baltimore DC bias or rivalry, no, I, but my question for you, which is what something I asked to the fans, was. If you enjoy football <laughs> and you enjoy the, the the violence of football, how can you not enjoy watching playoff hockey? I mean, I think that's one of the best playoff formats in all of sports. I mean, every you turn on any game, it doesn't matter what team is playing who, you're going to get some great action. I I wish I could give you an easy answer, but um uh, probably just because I wasn't really I didn't really grow up with it, I guess. My Neither family is just a huge uh, football family. I mean, I've, I just grew up with that in birth. I played baseball uh, uh, growing up and basketball. You know, I played with friends a lot. I don't know. Hockey to me, and you're going to laugh when I say this, I almost kind of, it's like a physical soccer to me because <laughs> hockey, I know I know it's a weird thing to you're say. You're right. I am going to laugh. I know that's a bizarre <laughs> thing to say, but it. I don't know, the low-scoring nature of it. and I don't know. I just can't get into it. I don't know why. I wish – I've tried. I have tried watching hockey games, and one of my best friends, you know, I was the best man in his in his wedding, huge Caps guy. I mean, I used to go over his house uh, younger, and, you know, I'd watch Caps games, but I didn't really care. You know, I, I just couldn't get into it. Like, I tried, but – I don't know. I, I just can't. Okay, it, that's fair. It's just like now, I, it's not like I hate hockey. It, I don't hate DC. I don't. I'm like indifferent, you know. And and you said this during your monologue. You know, the Redskins and Ravens only play once every four years. The DC, uh, the Nats and the Orioles. It, it's kind of bizarre because if anything, it's like a friendly rivalry. Yeah, I, I don't. You know, it, it, the it, Orioles it, were wearing all cap stuff. Yeah, you think yeah, you think it, the the Nats would wear no, like Ravens no, stuff? Absolutely no. not. Absolutely not. And, you know, the Wiz- I don't really have an NBA team. I like the NBA. I really like the NBA. But I don't really have an NBA team, and I think that's kind of bizarre saying that as well. I just kind of watch for the entertainment of it. Um, but hockey, like I said, I, I just I don't know. I okay. Can't, yeah. Now, l- let me make my argument. Easy... Let me make my argument. Um, so, first of all, I didn't grow up with hockey either. I didn't yeah. play hockey. I played baseball and football, and I wrestled and played lacrosse. All of those are not hockey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, I picked up hockey because I was playing a video listen, game, and uh, yeah. it was a demo was, on Xbox. Yep. Fell in love with the game. <laughs> That's uh, so funny. It was, I mean, it's one of the most underrated sports games out there. We've talked about this on <laughs> I this play, podcast. I used to play uh, NHL uh, with, with my friends. So Same that buddy. initially like sparked my interest in hockey, and obviously I picked the Capitals because they're local, yeah. and they were good. So yeah. 
I got into hockey through that. But through watching hockey, now for me, I I don't care if it's low scoring. I like that it's nonstop action. Yeah. So you can get 10 straight minutes, like real-time minutes of nonstop action, even sometimes like 15 minutes of just nonstop action, no commercials. You're lucky to watch two football drives in 15 Dude, minutes. Think about soccer. You get 45 minutes. Of uh, nonstop action. Yeah, but I that know action is so I, lame. I know, there's, I know, There's I know, hits every, know, like, second. The hits are just as hard. Uh, the the finesse that it takes in hockey to, I mean, like, sometimes when you see Ovi in open ice and he's doing those toe drag, puck drags and everything, it's very impressive to watch. There's a finesse to it. There's durability involved. There's fighting. I mean, if you love the violence of football, how can you not love the violence of the NHL? They're far behind the CTE culture of football, <laughs> so there's just as many, if more, hard hits in, hey, fo- in hey, hockey. Hey, man, I know we talked about this during Desk Pops, which is uh, coming up real soon, but uh, what's the best athlete? And, you know, we we talked hockey, you know, just because of everything that it takes to they go check into all the it. boxes. Oh, absolutely. I mean, they're phenomenal athletes, and that's for sure. So I'm going to get you to like hockey by uh, this time next year. <laughs> we'll, right. we'll, we'll work on that. We'll try. We'll try. But you know, I want to know what we're going to try in the meantime. Desk Pops round one. All right. Now, this is a different Desk Pop this week. We talked about this last week. We were making top five childhood cartoons that we grew up with. So we're not going to have a typical desktop format. Yeah, it's round just, one and only. We're just going to give, <laughs> well, you'll be round two, and we can oh, kind of okay. go off each other. So I'll give my top five uh, cartoons growing up. And I'm even very torn on this list, and I could probably even beat up this list. But, all right, we'll, we'll go with it. Number one, I said last week, SpongeBob, very quotable show. I mean, it. I could still watch SpongeBob and still watch SpongeBob to this day and think it's hilarious because just like the in, the adult humor in it, in it too. It was written know, with with yeah. uh, parents, com, <laughs> yes. you know, parents Bob laughing 80, in mind. Bob Amy loves it. He was telling. Number two, you're gonna laugh when I say this. Dragon Ball Z, dude. Nice. DBZ. Nice. Oh, That's dude. not a laugh. That's dude, good, man. I, I like love that. Dragon Ball Z. Now, do you watch the new ones or like the new dubs? Like they dub over oh, like the old I, cartoons I, and all this, and they have like new characters. Yeah, I couldn't get past it no. after twelve. Yeah. Um, did your parents hate that show? Because my mom definitely hated it because um, they're always charging up to be Super Saiyans. <laughs> so it's about five minutes of just yelling, and she's dude. like, "Turn that yelling Hype, you know, when spirit bombs and stuff like like, and not to mention, I had every single video game Budokai, Budokai 2. Oh, yeah, the Budokai's Budokai the best. Kaiichi, yeah, dude, I had all of those. I would when they play when you could fly, when you could start oh, flying, yes, that was yes, that dude, was the game changer. Dude, so hype, so hype. You're probably gonna laugh at this one too. I still think it's a very good show, and I was called this and still called this. Nah, not really anymore. Fairly odd parents at number three. I, I just think it's a funny. I would always be called Timmy Turner growing up, and I actually dressed up as Timmy Turner two Halloweens ago. Easy costume, just a pink hat, pink shirt. Well, your name is Tim, uh, yeah, too. Yeah, exactly. Really, really funny show. I, I, I dig it. Ed, Ed, and Eddie, number four. Okay. Um, Just what more needs to be said. I heard they're recreating that, which I'm kind of torn. Dude, if they make a live-action one, they're going to look creepy. Oh, uh, yeah. They, they <laughs> they're going to look be so creepy. And a low-key number five. 
Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends. Ooh. Yes. Low oh, key, man. I forgot about that show. show. That's a good one. With blue. That's a good and one. And then you got cheese, you know, chocolate milk, you know. That was one of those. Burger, yeah, yeah. That was one of those cartoons where I was starting to phase myself out of like the childhood cartoons. Yes. I was like 13 or 14 yeah. when that show yeah. came on. Yeah. But I, I watched that show every day. <laughs> I, great... I really did enjoy that show. And I do have some uh, cartoons that just missed the cut, which probably could make it if I thought hard enough. I love Pokemon growing up. Pokemon's mm-hmm. just badass. It's awesome. Yu-Gi-Oh! was cool. <laughs> <laughs> now, which, uh, which one did you like to play better? Like the trading ooh, cards and everything? Good, good question. Um, God, honestly, maybe Yu-Gi-Oh! But Pokemon I kind of liked more, especially the movies and all that. Yeah, you got all yeah. the deep data. Yeah. Yu-Gi-Oh! made I the remember, video game. I remember you... going to the Pokemon movie where they gave you like the holographic Mew card. Yes! Oh, yes, oh that was that was clutch. <laughs> yeah, now, dude. see... I got more into collecting the Yu-Gi-Oh cards than I did okay. with Pokemon. Yes. I mean, Pokemon was early in my childhood, but I was way more into the movies and TV shows. Yep. Yu-Gi-Oh, I was more into the collections, like Fair the enough. Blue Eyes, White Dragons. I just yes. thought the cards looked cooler. Yeah. And um, they had a video game that came out. It was I, the I best think game. I, got, I think I got that, it, too. Yeah, it was, was all right. Like yeah, and then plus the Dungeon Dice Monster, whatever. That was like later on in Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah. Remember? Um, Codename Kids Next Door was kind of cool. That's Jim, a good one. Jimmy Neutron, can't go wrong with that. And Fairly On Parents, Jimmy Neutron, they did that like where they were both in the same episode or whatever. And Rocket Power. Rocket Power is just kind of like OG. I, I really like that as well. All right, All right. good stuff, man. Uh, we have two of the same top five. I'm glad we didn't have more because that would have been really boring. Okay. A lot of your just missed the cuts are, oh. are in my cuts. Actually, you didn't even name my number one, but I'm going to save my number one. I'm going to start Ooh. with number five Ooh. because you never want to give away sorted. the best Yeah, one. yeah. Uh, so number five, Ed, Ed, and Eddie. You mentioned it in yours. <laughs> yeah. It was just great, man. It is I, a great every show. character had like their own personality. Uh, the every every neighborhood kid hated them, and they <laughs> yeah. could never understand why. It's because you're money grubbers. Yeah. You're trying to scale them out of everything. Yeah. And of like, out of all people, uh, Double D should realize why they hate you. Like, stop trying to scam them, man. Yeah. Just ask your parents for a quarter. It's literally a quarter for a giant, like a three foot jawbreaker. Yeah. Like, why did you need to scam your friends? You would have had friends if you weren't trying to scam them all the time. Also, plank. also the name Canker Sisters. <laughs> It's so <laughs> funny. That was so low-key funny. I never understood uh, that joke until I turned about 15. Yeah. And I was like, canker sister. Yeah. Oh, no wonder they that. live in the trailer park and nobody wants to talk that. to them. Number four, low-key, Rugrats. Oh, I was, dude, I, yeah, I was... I can't believe you didn't put very, the Rugrats yes, in here. Yes, that's very true. Very true. Now, it... I was making this list and I was like, do I want to embarrass myself and say that I loved Rugrats? As a matter of fact, no, dude, I do, I, and I'm not I embarrassed love Rugrats. to say it. I love <laughs> and a funny story, my um parents, they were I, I have one brother who's older than me, he's three years older than me, Alex, shout out. Um, but apparently when I was younger and we used to live in a townhouse and then we moved into a new house when I was like five or six and we're still there. Um, but I wanted a sister. And I wanted to name her Kimmy because of uh, Kimmy Asian, from yeah. Yes, from yeah. Progress. And uh, then my dad ended up getting laid off right when we moved into the house, and I put off the plants. Oh, but no. <laughs> yeah, so now, it's just two what, of us. He's fine now. What I, lo- <laughs> what I like about Rugrats, looking back on it, I never really thought about this when I was a kid, but they introduced different family dy- by yes, dynamics in yes. the cartoon world. They had the single dad with Very Chucky and his dad, and his, his wife died, and mm-hmm. that was so sad, man. Yeah, yeah. They had interracial relationships. Yes, yes. Uh, they had everything. Yeah, um, and when the movie point. came out, uh, it was great. You know, the the struggle of having a younger younger sibling and yeah. everything. Yeah. Now, 
The reason this isn't higher on the list is because they did Rugrats all grown up, and that uh, was an abomination. Yeah, they should, nev- should have never made Ooh. that. It really, really made me lose some respect for the writers because <laughs> I was like, come on, man. Like, I'm a teenager. That doesn't mean they have to be teenagers. Yeah, yeah, you don't just, have to bring this back just because I'm grown up now. They had their time. I agree. All right, so number three, Rocket Power. I wanted great, to, I wanted Rocket to put this great. higher up. Rocket it's Power great. was one of those things. It was the only thing I ever watched that made me want to like play roller hockey. Yes, like they made that <laughs> look like so much fun. Yes, but one nobody in my neighborhood owned roller skates besides me. I had like the little inline skates, I think I had the one cool too. ones, I like think the six ones, too. not the four ones. I'm not some not some lameo. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that show was great. I mean, I wish I could surf. It was just yeah. they did everything I wish I could do well because mm-hmm. I played I played normal sports like you did yeah. baseball. Yeah. And everything so they did all the extreme sports and i skateboarded around that time and i broke my ankle three times so i learned my lesson pretty quickly but rocket power is an all-time for me uh raymundo uh all the stories from i forgot the wine guys just twister was great uh squid Squid. (laughs) just all the characters they were great and like i feel like there were a lot of stereotypes that they put in there of like california that when you're a kid you don't really notice but like if i watched it right now i could point out a bunch of stereotypes from uh guys in california number two you're number one, SpongeBob. That's got It's an all-time classic. Gotta, gotta be, dude. All-time classic. It's Phenomenal. it's funny whenever you Phenomenal. watch it. Uh, all the it's characters just so are great. It's so quotable, dude. When I say I have I so quote... many drops of SpongeBob stuff, <laughs> yeah. it's so quotable, like dude, you said. It's so quotable. If if the amount of times that when my friends and I are hanging out and we do like a SpongeBob, like technique, technique, technique. you know, just like I just said that uh, Saturday yeah. <laughs> when we were out, <laughs> or when I when I when I have a mess up running the board. I start yelling, soiled it, soiled it, soiled it, soiled it. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's so quotable. We do a segment. May I take your head, sir? <laughs> May I take your head, sir? Hi, is this 1057 The Fan? No, no this, this is Patrick. Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's so quotable. We do a Wombo, we, me, she, <laughs> we. We do the uh, World of Stupid segment with uh, Jeremy and Scott during the week, and I have like 10 drops of just them saying, Idiot, stupid, moron, yeah. anything. Because like it's just such. It's one of those shows where everyone Spanish in the show guy. is an idiot. Yeah, and no, it's, it's it's hilarious. Now number one, you didn't even have this on your like, just missed the cut. You didn't have it on your top five, and I'm really disappointed in you. It's Hey Arnold. Uh, you said that this is what sp- uh, sparked the debate. It's Hey Arnold. Yeah, like it's still Hey Arnold. Like, hey Arnold. Like it's it's cool, but like. I, I definitely would rather watch all of these over Hey Arnold. Like, it's cool. Like, I'm not, it's a good show. I just, I don't know. <laughs> Did you ever see the Hey Arnold movie? I think so. I can't even remember That movie made me want to cry. It, but I, that was I, a sad movie. I could not even tell you anything about it. Hey Arnold, to me, was the best because it mixed comedy. It mixed real world issues as far yeah. as pollution and... Uh, you know, gentrification and yeah. stuff like that, which I didn't even know what gentrified meant in, <laughs> until like five years ago. Uh, they had, you know, I loved the fact that they had their own sandlot. That was just something I was really jealous of as a kid is like, I wish I had my own baseball field because we played on a field in my like uh, neighborhood, but we always ended up breaking a window and running away. And <laughs> somebody gets a phone call. Yeah. And they, yeah, 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 you, you don't have allowance for a summer. <laughs> but Hey Arnold was great, man. I mean, they, they had social Ew. problems. Uh, the stoop kid won't leave his stoop. Yep. Uh, the, the what's his name Harold when mm-hmm. he had his bat mitzvah that was hilarious just because I had no inclination of what a Jewish religion was and then they did that and I just thought it was hilarious that he was reading the the I don't even know what Wherever it's called it is, but yeah. I it was a great show and it's, it, it it's had a good so, show. it had social issues in it it had comedy it had fa- it was family 
Hey, also Arnold had the coolest little kid room. Like, do you remember his room? He had a he, he would been a he would flip a switch, a couch would fly like flip yeah, out from the wall. His speakers would like roll out from the ceilings. He had that dope ass sky uh, view where like the whole roof is just open and it's glass. Yeah. What what eight year old kid has a like a loft <laughs> apartment room at a boarding house? I mean Arnold had the hookup, man. Yeah. That's why all the ladies wanted him, dude. Look at that room. That's a bang pad. Honestly, just <laughs> as we're doing this, I want to continue the discussion next week, and I have another good top five, and then we'll we probably, just, then we'll get back to desk props. But no, I, no, I no let's, so. let's do let's do it this way. We'll do a top five. We'll just make our own segment top five, and desk pops <laughs> can be its own thing. Uh, we don't gotta su- we'll we don't do, gotta substitute one or the other. We'll do uh, top five live childhood like Drake and Josh. Okay. You know what I'm saying? I, yeah, I think like that would li- be live action, yes. all that. Uh, yes. I th- oh, oh, man, all that. That's Keenan great. and Kel. I could, oh, go, dude, I could go plenty, on and on on those plenty, ones. And that's going to be a very tough list, to be honest. But it'll be interesting. So I thought we were pretty convincing. They were so convincing in their argument. They swung me. Well, you don't need any convincing anymore. The Golden State Warriors, they are the NBA's newest dynasty. They took down the Cavs in a sweep, and they have won three championships in four years. An unbelievable run for the Warriors. Last time we talked, it was entering game three, and I said that night, I thought that the Cavs were going to win. They should have won. We were texting throughout the game. Told you sweep. But I did say if they lost game three, it was a sweep. Cavs, they started that game on like a house on fire. They uh, started out with a 16-4 to run, and you want to know what they finished with at the end of the first quarter, Alex? They um, were up by, or excuse me, yeah, they were up by 1.29-28. So it was just back and forth, back and forth that whole entire game from then on. Kevin Durant was unbelievable in that game. 43 points, 13 rebounds. He was 15 of 23 from the floor. Steph Curry, after coming off the historic Game 2 where he made nine threes, he was terrible. (laughs) He missed nine threes. He was one for 10 from beyond the arc, and he hit that one crucial three late in the game. But it was Kevin Durant, much like last year, in Cleveland, same scenario, late in the game, hit a dagger three with 49.8 seconds left in that game to give Golden State a 106 to 100. From the exact same spot, too. Yes, from a one, uh, for a 106 to 100 lead, and they ended up winning that game 110 to 102. And then game game four, to me, the they were playing with them in the first half, and then... Cleveland rolled over in the second half, and honestly, it was kind of embarrassing to see Golden State. They went on their patented third-quarter run, outscored them 25-13, to and really, LeBron James got pulled with four minutes left in the game. They were, you know, emptied the bench, but I was just very surprised with how they kind of laid down in that second half to Golden State. I mean, they ended up torching them 108-85, to and it was pretty embarrassing. Yeah, LeBron came out of the game with about four minutes left in the game. Uh, I was surprised by that, but uh, after the news, after the game, it was a little less surprising. But yeah, Kevin Durant, I mean, he turned it on game three when Clay and Steph were, you know, just ice cold. Kevin Durant completely took over that game. Um, Game four, 
Uh, well, let's get to this real quick, because last podcast I was screaming about Rodney Hood. He should get minutes over Jordan Clarkson. <laughs> and game three, he scored 15 points awesome. in 26 minutes. Jordan Clarkson had six points in 35 minutes in their previous three games. So Rodney Hood, I mean, alone, he wasn't going to help them win this. But I think if he played game one, you'd probably have a little bit less mistakes. Um, but he's still a liability on defense. I mean, they just played terrible defense. So many easy slip screens. They would try and switch, and one guy wouldn't switch. They were just a bad a bad team, like a bad team chemistry. It's hard to piece together a team and like have them play as one cohesive unit, especially around a guy like LeBron James who just commands so much attention and you know just holds the ball for so much. Like So much of the offense has to go through LeBron. It's hard for those other guys, those other pieces, to gel together, especially when you have when you just blow up the team midseason and you're just expected to go to the finals and compete with the Warriors, who are not only the most talented team in the NBA, but they might be the best team as far as a team. I mean, we talked about the, the Capitals and working as a team. The The Warriors, they have they have three elite defenders, I mean, three elite scorers that are unselfish, and they have a Draymond Green who can score himself and he plays great defense. He doesn't need to, so he just assumes the role of a troll and he gets in other people's way and he... Gets in your head and let's just be what real. goes for granted. He is a great passer too. Let's just be real. They have four Hall of Famers on their team. I think. Yeah, and, I, and I think Draymond Green might. I, he's he's an if for me, but I think the other three are. Sure I'm fire. not. I'm not saying he's gonna be a first ballot. I think he'll wait. But I mean, he's always all defensive. He's made how many All Star yeah. appearances? I mean, he's still pretty young and he could still win more rings. He's got three championships. But Kevin Durant, back to back NBA Finals MVPs for him. And I was kind of surprised. And I think Kevin Durant was surprised because I was watching the post game. And when they announced it on the podium with Adam Silver, like he was still kind of like, what? Steph, he was gunning for it in game four, I thought. Like he was putting up some crazy shots. He had 37 points. That, he that was one, 7 to 15. That one where he shot it from the top of the key and yeah. leaned into the guy looking yes, for the foul. Yes. Didn't get the foul, but still made it with a one handed shot. And, I mean, he's unreal. And Kevin Durant, he was solid. He had 20 points. I think what did Steph in was he had such a terrible game three. But I was still surprised because Steph, he got the uh, NBA Finals record for threes in Game 2. He was very good in Game 1 as well. And then, as I said, Game 4, he was great. And I don't know. I, I If I was Steph, I'd be a little like... I mean, it, I'm not saying Kevin Durant's undeserving, but I was definitely surprised. I was a little surprised. I think when it comes down to it, Kevin Durant like single-handedly won them Game 3, and I think that carries more weight than Steph Curry just making an NBA playoff record 9 threes or just playing well Game 1 and Game 4. I think Kevin Durant had a bigger impact on all the games. Game 1, he kind of fell apart. I mean, he still had 26 points, but towards the end, I think he didn't even hoist up a shot in the fourth quarter. Uh, but games two, three, and four, he was consistent. I mean, he scored 26 points in games one and two. He was around eight or nine assists and around uh, six or seven rebounds in all of those games. Game three just blew up for a career-high 43. It didn't matter who you put on him. He was unbelievable. He was just making everything. I mean, LeBron James was guarding him for almost the entire second half. And one thing that irritated me with, with that was Ty Lue never double-teamed Kevin Durant. He was as hot as he could be, and he never got doubled. I mean, to be honest... I. I thought Love was on uh, KD a lot in the second half. And, and maybe not a, a lot, in this, but in the fourth quarter during clunch time, I mean, Kevin Love was on him, and it was one-on-one. And Mark Jackson saying, like, what the hell? Kev, Kevin Love is known as a bad defender. you got to right. give him help on Kevin Durant. Yeah. Like you were saying, to double well, him. More but, or less, LeBron was on him like the last five yeah, minutes yeah. because that, that one that he drained was on LeBron. Yeah, yeah. But the Warriors, 
I mean, if you think about it, they're one win away where they blew that 3-1 lead in 2016 from four straight championships, possibly. I mean, you never know what would have happened. But, I mean, it's unbelievable. Draymond Green was suspended in that Game 5, and that totally changed the series. But this team, I mean, it's going to remain intact through next year. They, You know, a couple role-player guys are up for contracts. McGee, David West, Kevin Looney, um, Swaggy P. Um, Their contracts are up. But... Their main core is intact. Kevin Durant will opt out of his deal, but he's already said he's going to re-sign with the Warriors, and he's going to re-sign at a friendly contract. He took $10 million less than what he could have made on this year's deal, but the luxury tax is going to catch up with them, and that is, to me, the only thing that's going to break up this team. I mean, they have to be the favorite entering next year. I mean, they have to be for a 3 P to be the first 3 P since the Lakers from 2002, but... The cost to keep this team together. Clay Thompson, he's a free agent at the end of next season. Sean Livingston, Andre Iguodala, and uh, uh, Draymond Green are free agents after the following year. And they're already way over the luxury tax threshold. And they had to pay f- close to $43 million this year. Next year, they're going to have to pay over $90 million. If they want to re-sign Clay, want to re-sign Draymond, they're going to have to pay close to $200 million, then $223 million. Um, this, according to ESPN, the four-year cost would be $1.2 billion, including True. this year. That's not feasible. I mean, let's, let's be honest. That's not feasible. And to me... When you got KD and you have Steph Curry, I almost think Clay is the dispensable one. And Draymond Green, he's kind of a glue guy. You know, love him or hate him, he's that glue guy, that defensive guy, that guy that pisses people off. Mm-hmm. You already got two bona fide scores in KD and uh, Steph Curry. It wouldn't shock me if Clay walks after this year. Yeah, I mean, out of all of them, I could see that. Uh, Draymond Green, I feel like, wasn't he close a couple years ago to leaving? And then he came back? Because uh, weren't there rumors that, unless I'm mix- mixing him up with somebody, but I thought he was rumored to go to the Mavs a few years ago. Uh, I'm not quite sure on that. But yeah, it's definitely going to be a different look team. But I mean, if they still have KD and Steph Curry on the same team, I mean, that's a pretty damn great duo. Oh, absolutely. I, I, I mean, Clay Thompson could- is a great, great scorer. Draymond Green's a great defender, and he can score himself. But I think the catalysts of that team are Steph Curry yeah, and abs- abs- Durant. Absolutely. And to the other side, uh, I said it in the open, LeBron James, he lost his sixth finals. What does this do for him? Does this damage his legacy? I no. know I know. Jerry Coleman's already tearing him down. Hack, I agree with you. And how many, how many of those nine finals do you think he was favored in? One, two, two. Two. He was favored in the Mavs series, which he Mm -hmm. ended up losing, uh, losing, and he played very poorly in that Mavs series, and he was favored in the first Spurs series in 2013. I was kind of surprised they weren't favored against the Thunder, but that's whatever. Um, LeBron, look, he was unbelievable in this series like he has been last year and all of the years, even the first year where Kevin Love and Kyrie were both out. I mean, in 2016, he led every single statistical category. He's unbelievable. He's just running into a buzzsaw and a team that should be considered as an all-time dynasty. Um, For the Warriors, they have the greatest winning percentage over a four-year span in NBA history, besting their own mark. So 
it, it's going to be interesting what happens with LeBron James. And I don't think it's a shoe-in that he leaves Cleveland, and he mentioned his family. When I decide what I'm going to do with my future, uh, you know, my family and, and the folks that have been with me for the last, you know, 20 years pretty much um, will have a say-so. And then it ultimately will come down to me. So um, we'll see what happens. He's from Akron, Ohio. He grew up there. He was the chosen one, all this. He was drafted number one overall from the Cavs, and he left in 2010. He left in 2010 because he wanted to play with all-stars. He wanted to win championships because he continually fell short. Um, Then he came back in 2014 to Cleveland, but I just think his family's getting older now. His oldest kid is 13, 14. He's got two or three other kids. I think that's a lot more important to him. Now, that being said, I still think there's a greater chance than not that he leaves Cleveland, but... I don't know. Is it just me, Alex? Like, I, I don't know if it's a foregone conclusion he leaves. Now, I, I get what you're saying after hearing that clip, but um, after watching his full postgame presser and uh, throughout the series, I mean, he talked about playing with smart athletes and not only guys that can score and that are talented on the court, but that have smart basketball IQs and know what to do on the court in what situation and the more and more I listened to him in the postgame pressers after this series specifically, it really convinced me that he's on his way out. And, I, you know, game one probably has a huge effect on that decision because of the blunder with J.R. Smith. And, you know, he hurt his hand punching a blackboard because he was pissed off at J.R. Smith. But let me play this clip uh, after game four, because game three, he said essentially the same thing about playing with ba- uh, smart guys with basketball IQs. But this was after game four when everybody's asking about his free agency. Yeah, I made the move in 2010 to be able to you know, play with talented players, cerebral players, um, that you could see things that happen before they happen on the floor and, and your teammate can do the same. You know, throughout the course of a, uh, throughout the course of a season, throughout the course of a game, throughout the course of a playoffs, throughout the course of the finals. So when you, when you feel like you're really good at your craft, I think um, it's always great to be able to be around, um, you know, other great minds as well. You know, and other great ball players in my instance, and other great, uh, you know, just you know, I think studies of the game itself. That tells me that he doesn't think that highly of the people around him. That 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 sounds like he's looking for other guys to play with. That's just me. No, I mean, I, we'll see, but I, I, I think that's a pretty telling. I agree 100%, and if he does stay, I think they're going to blow up the team again. But, you know, let's not kid ourselves. He's chasing Michael. You know, he's trying to get the scoring uh, all-time scoring mark from Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. He's trying to get as many records and almost most importantly rings because he knows it. I mean, he's 33. He had a career year at 33 playing all 82 games, uh, most amount of rebounds, most amount of assists in a season. You know, he's still playing at an unbelievably high level. played all 82 level. games. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's yeah. playing at an unbelievable high level. And... But again, he's 33. You know, I, I he's still going to keep playing. But I don't know. I, he's definitely. You definitely have to think he's going to be pressing to you know catch him, and it's going to be hard to take down these Warriors teams. And you know, I don't know. LeBron James. 
him leaving wouldn't make me say what the fuck, but maybe these moments will. What the hell's going on out here? Well, we just talked about LeBron playing deep. He's age 33. Kevin Durant, he turns uh, 30 um, this fall, this September, excuse me. And not that it makes me say what the f***, and this is maybe a weak what the f*** moment, but he came out and said, the game, your craft, you have to continue studying it no matter how much you enjoy it. Nobody wants to be in school that long. I know I don't. At some point, you have to be ready to graduate. 35, that's just a number in my mind. So, like I said, he turns 30 in September. He's essentially saying, I only have five years left. Definitely surprised me a lot, and I guess you're it's kind of almost a popular question amongst athletes now. Obviously, people are peppering Brady the past couple of years. How many years do you want to play? 45, yeah. you know, this thing, mm-hmm. you know, but it, it kind of surprises me that he's limiting himself at 35. <laughs> Kevin Durant's still playing at an unbelievably high level. And I don't think there's any question in the world that he's the second best player in the NBA and kind of has been. I. Uh, Look, James Harden, he's going to win MVP, but I just think Kevin Durant, I mean, he's such an unbelievably well-rounded player. I mean, I would take him over Harden, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. And he plays better defense. And I think he can really put himself amongst the all-time greats when it's all said and done if he continues to play and continues to stack championships. Now, I know... Some people are going to view him differently, and he had to run away from OKC to win those championships on stacked teams, and maybe so, but at the end of the day, he was right with that decision so far. Two straight finals, two straight finals, MVPs, and he's been unbelievable. So it just kind of really surprised me to hear him cap his playing career uh, this early on. I think me. he's BSing. I, I, I his think, agent said I, I think much. it's one of those things where like five years seems like it's 20 years away, yeah. and five years will go by in a blink of an eye, and he'll reconsider. Uh, my what the f*** moment is uh, regarding the MLB draft, which was last week. Now, the Orioles were reportedly interested in drafting a star pitcher. He pitches for the Oregon State. Um, I forgot their name. Oregon State Beavers or something like that. Yes, his name's Luke Heimlich. Great talent. Amazing talent. First round talent is what everybody says. The knock on him and why he went undrafted is because when he was 16, he admitted and was convicted for child molestation. Now, it wasn't just a one one incident. It wasn't a person around his age. Like It wasn't like he was a 16-year-old with a 14-year-old. He was 16. It started when he was 14. And he was touching this little girl that was four and it went on for two years, four to six years old. He was harassing this little girl. And the worst part about it is she was a relative. So not only do you have the molest- the child molestation thing, but you have the whole incest thing. I mean, how can anyone consider drafting this guy? Obviously, no one took that chance. No, if that guy gets a job, Colin Kaepernick and Eric Reed need to get a job <laughs> tomorrow. Because that is you're just crossing the line. I yeah. don't care what stand, what side of the line you stand on. That is crossing the line. And that isn't the what the f***, because I wasn't surprised that he didn't get drafted. I would have been surprised if he did get drafted. The what the f*** for me is, ESPN, the day after the draft, Luke Heimlich had an outing for the Oregon State Beavers, and the headline on ESPN's main page says, Heimlich, dominant through seven innings, went undrafted. 
Are you kidding me? Are you trying to spin this like this guy should have been drafted? Get the hell out of here, ESPN. That That is just terrible. You should never have that headline on your main page for a child molester that didn't get drafted. You shouldn't be advocating for this guy to get drafted. That really made me say what the that rubbed me the wrong way. It's, it's just clickbait. I mean, it's disgusting. And ESPN, I feel like they do all of that just to draw eyes. And I'm sure they posted that on their well, social it worked media and, it and Facebook. Me off. Yeah, I'm <laughs> sure it pissed off a lot of people. But I don't know. I'm a little pissed that this show uh, has come to an end. Oh, no. Alex Woodward. It's okay. But, we got another week. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll be back next week. Didn't really uh, talk about the Ravens or Orioles much, but the Ravens mandatory minicamp starts tomorrow. It's Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. We will have plenty of Ravens sound next week, and we'll be talking a lot of Ravens. Orioles, there's some news. Zach Britton, um, he is back. And who knows, Manu Machado, he was pulled from the lineup, but he was just sick. Don't get too excited. Trade, trade, but trade, 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 trade. Maybe trade, they'll trade, make a move trade, by trade, next trade, week. Trade, 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 trade. <laughs> I'm, I'm Tim Barbalace. He's Alex Woodward. We are the other guys. Talk next week. Uh-huh.